0: it's around the house when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home there is a lot to know but we've got you covered this
1: is around the house
0: welcome to around the house with eric g and caroline b this is that midweek special where we talk about the stuff that didn't make it into last week's show and sure as heck isn't going to make it into next weekend show, because we know that's jam-packed as well. Hello, Caroline.
1: Hello, Eric. Hello, everybody. Man. Seems like a while. It has been a monster mm. week. It seems like we haven't right? done a midweek in a while, because I think I skipped out. I was dealing with health issues that week before. Yeah. So here we are yeah.
0: again. You were hungover from those <laughs> parties. and Oh, wait a minute. That's not what
1: it was. <laughs> the booze.
0: Exactly. Oh, man. Last week was nuts with trying to manage CES and all the stuff for my trip coming up in August, uh, August. <laughs> that's another trip. I'm still working on that one too, but February, <laughs> February trip. Yeah. Well, I've got two Orlando trips. One's in February, one's in August, but the February one's the one that's, that's cruising up quick that I've been having meetings on every single day. And that's looking forward to that one. But uh, between all, all of that stuff, it's been crazy busy. But uh, CES was fun, right? Yes,
1: the Consumer Electronics Show, for those of you who don't know what CES is. But it's the cool place. This is like the cool show where you get to see all the innovation, all the new technology. I mean, they have cars. They've got uh, gadgets, refrigerators, kitchen supplies, phones. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think it's the show. I like it because I'm a techie.
0: Yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of cool new stuff coming out that I was surprised about in uh, you know, there's there, there's a lot of new stuff that's going to change, you know, kind of how the world works out there. It's and from, tough. you know, I'm not, yeah. I mean, we're not going to talk about it in this weekend show. We're we are going to talk about some cool stuff, which we're not going to talk about right now. That's coming out for our homes, but just seeing everything from the new new stuff with technology for the self driving cars, and you know, all the latest crazy stuff that you're seeing out there. It's kind of impressive, uh, just how much in one year this technology has jumped. And
1: I have to say, I love the Silverado EV that's the new their new electronic or electric truck by General Motors. I mean, this thing is kick ass yeah, Oops. yeah kick ass. I can say it. it's a, it's a podcast, we don't care. You can say that. That thing looks badass. I know yeah, you don't I mean, like Silverado too much, but you're more of a maybe an F150 guy now. You
0: know, I have owned a boatload of Chevy trucks. You know, I've had my share of them. I've had, jeez, two of the Tahos. Um, I've had, um, geez, an Avalanche truck. I've had a, you know, a square boxy one. I've had a lot of different trucks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, out of the two, and I want to, well, in the future, let's, uh, I've been talking to Nick Miles, my buddy over at Our Auto Expert. I'm going to get him on in the next few weeks either in the midweek special or in the Saturday show to be able to talk about what's cool in electric trucks out there. Cause I want to get, you know, what's out there. What is the cool part of electric vehicles? And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting discussion because I love the idea of an electric truck Mm. and we'll talk about that a little bit on Saturday, but I just want to make sure that it's got the towing. It's got the things that I need to use a truck Mm. for, right?
1: I mean, listen, we're an F an F one fifty family, so we've had I don't know six F one fifties. So I'm ready for a change. Yep. So we're like opposite, right? Eric's ready for a change out of Chevy, and I'm ready for a change out of Ford. But they've got some killer stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got my I've got my
0: mid nineties F two fifty, that crazy monster. So that's you know that thing's awesome, and I, and I love that thing because it's just so old school. Not a lot to break huh. on it. You know, it's a workhorse. I'll probably have that thing forever because I can just, it's my its mm-hmm.
1: my tank. You know
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have the heated seats and the heads up displays need and all that to. other multi step tailgate. It needs
1: to carry and tow, my friend. Carry and <laughs> tow.
0: You got it. AC blows <laughs> cold. That's all I need, right? That's all I need. And the one thing that I will say that we'll talk about on Saturday that that is really game changing is the Home Connectivity Alliance.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't give and too much we'll away. We'll talk a lot about that. Yeah, if on you're going to have a smart home, no, you have yeah. to listen on Saturday, and we don't want to give it away. But if you're into innovation in your home and connecting your appliances to work with other gadgets in your home, you have to listen to the show because it's going to change your whole world.
0: And I'll I'll just tease you with this part right here before we get into the next subject. Your air conditioner will be able to use the thermometer that's built inside of your TV and it will be able to take all these different temperatures around your house to be able to see what the temperature really is inside of your house and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of new stuff that's going to be coming out there with a whole lot of cool yeah. stuff. So uh, we're going to tease you with that. Yeah. And then Caroline calls me up this weekend
1: with one of her clients. Oh mm, my gosh.
0: With a major disaster.
1: Home disaster. We we really need to have just a, like, I don't know what we call it on the show, like a disaster corner and talk about all the problems that just go yeah. on. <laughs> and I'm laughing. It's not funny. Well, and this one, funny.
0: this one went bad. I mean, and and in theory, they hired the right people, but I don't know if they didn't send out the the right people or what happened out here but this thing is a hot mess and i'm not impressed with what they've done so far with it. So
1: <laughs> There it goes down. So they were We'll leave it at that. They were putting in my client was putting in a basement system with french drains and a sump pip, which isn't, you know, anything intricate. I mean, people do it all the time. And so from talking to other contractors recently and especially calls i had today, there is really a problem with covid causing staffing issues so i think in this particular circumstance they had to staff a project with people who really didn't know what they were doing and somehow they were also using yep. an older jackhammer so i don't i don't know what the reason was but that's sort of what came through but and either way i'll let you describe the system i mean the system just uh, The basement was a beautiful home. It's like a 3,500 square foot home out on the island in Long Island and beautiful. And the basement looks just like a a wreck. They just completely destroyed it.
0: Yeah. So let me give you the story. So if you've got water coming up like a groundwater issue that's coming up with a high water table, there's a great way to be able to eliminate that pressure so it doesn't come up between the, the area between the walls of the foundation and the floor of your basement because you can't go through and just like push caulking or something in there because it'll never seal up. There's not a product out there that'll still seal that cold joint between those two poured areas. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is, is that these guys came in there and and had kind of what I'd say on paper, the right plan of going around and putting in a, a perimeter, you know, uh, French drain. So what you do typically is you go in there and, and I've done this for years working with foundation companies and stuff. So you go in there And you use a wet saw and you cut out, you know, eight to 12 inches of concrete around the perimeter of that wall and dig it out, put in a French drain system in there. So you've got a, a, um, you know, corrugated Mm -hmm. hole in there, you know, in the pipe. So you've got that drain pipe. So you put gravel in, you put the, the encapsulated uh, pipe in there that can pull water out of the soil more gravel on top, and then you pour concrete over the top of this. But when you prep it, you go around and pull and and cut that 12 inches of concrete out. And then you go in and bust out that 12 inches because you have this long strip. And, you know, you can either use a hammer, you can go through and use a uh, jackhammer. These guys missed the important step on the first one, which was use the wet saw to cut it. So now you've got this ragged, broken up concrete. edge that every time you turn a corner you've broken the corners
1: off and i mean it just looked like the concrete was all falling apart when they took a corner and then they went around so imagine your boiler and water tank are sticking out and they did this weird cut they didn't even go square around it they sort of did this weird angular jagged edge that went around their whole side of the basement around their utilities i mean it looked really the cutting looked bad it looked like eric and i went in there with like imagine if you're cutting Uh, wrapping paper, and you cut it jagged, right, instead of the nice smooth edge. That's how it looked with the concrete, like a mess, hot mess.
0: Yeah, it's because they actually didn't cut it. What they did is they took a jackhammer, which is like trying to cut paper with a dull (laughs) chisel, you know? And and so it just ends up giving you this just haphazard, broken-up edge. There's cracks in the concrete now around it. And really the only – and then I'll pause there and put a comma in that because (laughs) – then when they poured the concrete back over the top, over there by the boiler area, they only partially <laughs> covered the trench. And yeah, they left
1: this gap that was all jagged going around the entire basement and around the furnace. So imagine this line running through around your utilities, around the, the perimeter. That looks like this jagged hole to nowhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's not like I've talked to these guys, but... I'm sure the excuse comes out as well. We're leaving that. So if there's water coming out of the boiler, it can yeah, drain into that. Really well, the answer is then put a floor drain in and plumb it incorrectly into that system. <laughs> exactly. Don't just, well, we ran a little short on concrete, so we're not going to fill the hole all the way in. The water will get down in there. That's not how you do it. You do a finished job. You go in there and and put a nice floor. You know, maybe if that was how that was going to be, what I've done in the past is I've put in those U-shaped troughs that have a metal grate mm-hmm. in them. Like you have in a mm-hmm. driveway or something like that. And then if there's water coming to that boiler, if someone's going to service it, they're going to the sump mm-hmm. pit and out nothing
1: wrong with that, but you just don't leave uh, a gap, leave like it where moisture and water vapor, you know, when you leave that gap around the perimeter, you're allowing this water vapor to constantly come up into the space that you don't want there. The whole reason you're doing this is to remove moisture and not let it back in. And people
0: forget that that floor is a structural component of that basement. Here's why you have to be very careful when you, if here's what I'm worried about when I see contractors going to do this, if you're not paying attention to it, those walls are held together at the top by the structure. They're not going to move around because it's, it's attached to the foundation. Usually that's all good. You've got the weight Mm -hmm. of that there. But that slab on the concrete floor is actually holding those walls out because you've got earth pushing in at the bottom of that, trying to collapse that in. If you go in and cut that concrete out, one, if you've got a lot of load out there, I wouldn't be doing this on the wettest day of the year, if you know what I mean. But make sure that you've got things blocked correctly. Um, I've seen this done a number of ways. but long story short, make sure you're blocked. And that's why you always want to have an engineer look at it before you do it. But if you leave that gap in there, now you've given a place for those walls to creep in and kick in and compress. Mm-hmm. If there was some kind of load change outside where, you know, super wet soil, you know, somebody pulls a, a vehicle up, up near the house or something. And this
1: house is in Huntington Bay.
0: You could actually, you
1: know, it's, this is in Huntington, New York. So you're on the water, you know, or, or close, real close perimeter of the water. So you're going to have a high water table, which is not a good thing to be cutting your concrete. So that's
0: all things you don't want to do.
1: And then we've got an even bigger issue. So they, because they used the wrong tools and did not pay attention to the amount of dust. Now we've got silica dust that has dispersed in thick amounts all over the entire basement, the floor, the secondary part of the basement. They had a forced hot air system. So they all of it got in the ductwork. It's blowing upstairs. And they've got someone in the house who has medical conditions. So, with that, now we've got to do silica dust testing to see if they exceeded OSHA standard, which could be um, another violation and not a good one for the contractor.
0: Yeah. They didn't, they clearly did not follow the table one rules for creating silica dust in this con- construction. And I don't know where, I don't know what you and I weren't there. But I'm going to guess that maybe when they were busting up the concrete or any of that time, they were not keeping things damp and wet, and they did not have the right tools that would um, not make dust when they were using them.
1: So just for our homeowners to know, like if you ever have an issue with, you know, dust or excessive dust, that leads someone to an environmental inspector, someone like myself, where we're doing some dust sampling, some air sampling, sending to different labs, and then basically getting an amount right so we're measuring how much dust is there um in micrograms per cubic meter and to see okay are they exceeding the standard and that in this case we're going to use that to help you know obviously the the contractors got to make good on this project on many on many fronts so hopefully these are all reasons they're going to come in there and make the client happy but we'll see what happens
0: yeah see what happens i and here's i have a friend that is um super smart in the construction industry and he's got a 1920s house and he hired somebody to come out and retuck point and kind of restore the outside of his chimney, you know, cause the mortar was falling out just needed mm-hmm. some work. And so he's like, Hey, yeah, well, great. Why don't you do it this week? I'm going to be in Mexico on vacation. This was a couple of years ago, uh, pre COVID. And he's like, Oh, we're good. Yeah. Just come on out and do it. Then I won't be home. You know, she got free reign of we won't be around to, you know, be underfoot. So go ahead and come out. He comes back from five days in Mexico. And on Friday, the guy had been up there grinding out all of the mortar that was in between the bricks that he could read work on and wasn't following these rules. And so he got home and he's like his car that was in the driveway had a cover of dust over. He's like, oh, no, not Monday morning about 10 a.m., the inspector from OSHA shows up out there and goes, "Hey, somebody complained about the dust." <laughs> well, he had already blown it off his cars; had already kind of cleaned it up, got it taken care of. And my buddy's like, "Whoa, well, yeah, geeesh, I had no idea. I was out of mm-hmm. town. I just came back from Mexico." And luckily um, there were no fines put there, but if that inspector would have shown up, if it had been a weekday when he got called, cause he got called on a Friday afternoon and couldn't get out to the job site fast enough till Monday, if that had been a Monday phone call and they showed up out there and the guy was up there working and had a grinder in his hand and there's dust everywhere. Big, big, fine, big. And that's outside, let alone in somebody's basement.
1: Yeah. It's a problem that happens. So that's that a huge happens with issue. Pools too. Like um, there's a coating, you know, where you can put, um, the cool surface over a pool, right? So it doesn't get too hot on your feet. And, you know, I've seen them go badly where they just start to bubble up and it happens sometimes because of climate, sometimes, you know, moisture, what's on the ground and they have to come in and chisel that off and it can be like a mess. And they really don't take precautions when they do that either. I've seen many jobs where they just didn't, you know, they just got to blow it into the air. Oh,
0: absolutely. Uh, and, that's where the problem is. You got to get in there. If you've got any of that concrete dust, which you would with that, you have to have that HEPA vacuum. Yeah, that vacuum cool it decking,
1: when it, when you break it up, it just is like a mess. But they don't do it. I mean, I've seen quite a few jobs yeah, where they've and removed so that's, cool deck, and they don't, they don't do it. And unfortunately, it gets everywhere.
0: Well, here's the other thing that you see, too, is another one of those areas that you see that are a problem with that is that granite fabricator out there in the driveway that's doing quartz or granite that's out there with the grinder cutting mm-hmm. away. There's another silica dust issue. How about
1: cement board?
0: So that's another one we got to be cement careful Cement
1: board with. causes it. Yep. Cement board, same thing.
0: Yep. Same kind of thing with cement board. There's a lot of those things. I mean, I still see it sometimes outside. I'll drive by a construction site where they're doing road There's like and dust, the dust everywhere. It's, the, like, it's
1: like pig the pen. hot dry There's hot sauce. Like like go- yeah. But I see that with houses yeah. when they do the cement board and they're putting it on. So I don't know how much they regulate that, but just so you know, if you're a homeowner, if you see accumulation of dust in your home, there are ways to sample. You can do a tape lift, you can do a swab, a wipe, an air sample to see if you have too much silica dust. And you know, if you do, then you can talk to your contractor. There's a
0: lot of contractors, good contractors that went out a couple years ago, uh, three or four years ago and bought all the stuff to meet the table one requirements. And that means that they bought um, you know, roto hammers and all those different things that are they're drilling through concrete that have a HEPA dust vac hookup to them, and so that way when you're using the 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 jackhammer, the drill, the saw, you know, saws are easy because you can run water, so mm-hmm. that's great, you know, and just get it cleaned up and, and you're good. But that's one of those things that you just got to be really careful. And you should with. want to I've do it for your note. own
1: protection. Really badly. Right? I homes. mean, as as someone working on it, as the contractor, you shouldn't want to be breathing that in. Yeah. It you know, causes cancer. So
0: lung disease. There's another one you got to be careful with too out there. And the flooring manufacturers have not addressed this yet. And I'm curious to see, you know, you have that luxury vinyl plank vinyl flooring out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there is stuff out there that has a stone core to it. There is not a flooring company I've called yet to tell me if there is silica dust in their stone core. Mm.
1: You're talking about like the, um. you're talking about like the tile. It looks like tile floor. Like LVP. But it's actually got a, it, it's got like a PVC or vinyl to it or vinyl. It, it's, it has more give. Well, it's
0: it's the luxury, it's called, it's called Luxury Vinyl Plank. And so LVP and that LVP flooring is a, usually a plank uh, look that looks either like tile mm-hmm. or wood. 90% of it looks like wood mm-hmm. and it's waterproof. It's all those kind of things. A lot of guys will snap cut it, which is fine. That's not, you're not going to make a lot of dust that way, but if you're cutting it with a saw in oh the house, God. now you, you could be passing around silica dust. And where I worry about it is, is if you've got a, a flooring contractor that's out there putting it in and let's say you're a contractor, you're going to jam through and take on this project. Okay. I'm remodeling this house and you have followed all of the silica dust rules when you are working in the basement or anything else. And then somebody comes in and does an inspection on this and there's silica dust everywhere. It could be that your flooring installer was cutting luxury vinyl plank with a saw and it was going around Mm -hmm. everywhere. And that could be a problem.
1: Well, thank God in so,
0: this, even though you're following the rules, that's at least in this
1: circumstance, they did shut off the furnace and the, um, the HVAC system when they were doing it. So, I mean, there's still going to be stuff in there, but at least they weren't stupid enough to be running the HVAC while it, they were doing it in the basement.
0: Yeah, but it mm-hmm. still gets everywhere. It's like sheetrock oh, dust. Once it gets out, it's just, it's just everywhere. And so even though it's not in the ducts probably as bad, you know, it's still going to be everywhere. It's, you know, it's like it's like when you get asbestos in the air. Asbestos can be in the air for weeks and months before it even hits the HVAC mm-hmm. system. So, you know, it just stays up there for a long time. So that thin, fine dust. I'm getting dust. this
1: tickle. We're talking about it, and I'm getting this tickle. in my. It's, I swear, it's psychosomatic. I'm getting this like. <laughs> and your throat gets dry,
0: <laughs> and you want to cough. The tickle cough.
1: No. <laughs> so look at this. <laughs> yep.
0: See, there you go. Anyway, that's one of those things you got to be really careful as a homeowner just to make sure that you don't have people making dumb mistakes around there that can, you know, be hazardous. Nobody wants that around their house anyway. So, coming up on Saturday, we have a killer show ahead. This is going to be a lot Mm. of fun. One, we're going to talk emergency preparedness, right? In case you're stuck in the flood or the Car for two days, right? Like that happened on the East Coast. Oh my God, that, that was, happened. I don't even want to
1: you know, talk about it. where that was out it. in my your area. My best friend's sister lost her life. Sorry to bring up bad news, but she she actually, her car was flooded and she was killed during the floods. So this is something you need to know. And then yep. to make lighter, Eric taught me about stupid things that I was thinking that I should do, like shutting the water off to the house. <laughs> and he said, don't do that. And I something I learned, right? We learn from our parents, from... Whoever, you know, I live in the Northeast. So my grandfather told my grand, my great grandfather told my grandfather, told my dad, you know, and then they tell you, okay, you know, you should do this. So, you know, just because somebody tells you to do something doesn't mean you're doing it right all the time. So Eric sets us straight. (laughs) He tells us what to do.
0: We got it. We got it. We got it. We got a strainer. And you learned a little bit. You know, just it's no different than when you start talking healthy home stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean I shouldn't be using that? And, you know, what do you mean, mean
1: shouldn't in in uh, with, uh, I shouldn't suck in a bunch of silica dust? I shouldn't, like, what? I shouldn't eat silica dust? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I ate it for breakfast? Yeah, put it on my Raisin <laughs> brand in the
0: morning. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, make sure you head over to, you know, around the house on Facebook. We've had uh, a lot of great stuff over there. We've had an interesting conversation going over there with the... Uh, with uh well it was a tv show that was on magnolia network that they aired the series i think once and then the angry homeowners popped out of the air and uh you know to be determined i don't like bagging on shows without knowing the whole story but uh there's definitely three families that are out in the media that are not being kind to this new show called uh, homework so we'll see what happens i think there's a lot less a lot more to see on that to see what the whole story is but uh Seems like they've uh, got a mess, and the little bit of research that I did showed that uh, it might have been that there was a Food Network production company trying their their swing at home improvement for the first time, which can be a, a hard learning. Wait, lesson explain
1: this because I didn't. I don't really know this whole story. I wasn't following this. I was following Antonio Brown holding up our podcast sign, <laughs> which Eric, <laughs> Eric, so so cleverly constructed Antonio Brown in the end zone of MetLife Stadium at a New York Jets game, last the last game, holding up us as our podcast advertisement
0: in his little <laughs> rant before
1: he left the stadium. He was just trying to help it's us great. out. So I was focused on that. <laughs> on his way out the door. But tell me the story. So yes. what is this show and where is this show?
0: So DIY, net, DIY Network here this last week changed from DIY Network to Magnolia Network, you know, the Chip and Joanna Gaines mm-hmm. Empire. So that rebranded to that, and so they've been putting on shows that that they liked, shows that uh, kind of fit into their demographic okay. for that, uh, including our buddy Jeff Devlin, who's they're rerunning his Stonehouse revival shows on there. So that's okay. awesome.
1: So they got some good stuff. What happened
0: is, is there's yeah, they got mm-hmm. some good stuff over there. I have not watched it yet over there, but I it's been too busy to be watching TV on that. But I'm gonna check it out. But This new show debuted on Magnolia Network, ran a bunch of the shows on it, and all of a sudden, you know, the shows looked good at first glance from everybody, and then, you know, angry homeowners popped out that said, oh, this was a nightmare, and remodeling is never easy, but there's allegations of What's the name of it? Called Homework. Homework. Mm -hmm. Homework. Yeah, like homework. And the problem, though, was is that there's people – making allegations that were homeowners that said, wow, the, you know, the flooring guy wasn't paid. Um, Our budget started out here. And then it went to this after they got into it, there was this huge price increase they didn't have a choice with. Hmm. And there's a lot of interesting problems that happened out of, of, of where that is. And it's interesting because you don't usually see that with these shows too much. Cause one, they've usually got a, non-disclosure agreement before they start. Mm, yes. That if things go badly, you're not going to go air it out. And two, usually things have to get really sideways before these people that are on these shows start going out and calling out TV networks and hosts. Interesting. So interesting to see what so happens.
1: Why, unless it's a bunch of good drama to help drum up the show. That can happen too.
0: Uh, no, because they pull a Magnolia network immediately after these people came out. Pulled down oh, the show oh, off the network, <laughs> pulled it off the website. I had to dig and dig and dig just to see who the production company was because they did a dang good job of scrubbing uh, this show so off the internet. Like, see, Eric and I existed. always have
1: this conversation that there's good media and bad media, but it's kind of all good, bad, good and bad PR, right? But it's all good. Because no matter what PR you get, it's helping to yeah. build your brand, your media, you know. We do things, we mess up, but
0: unless you're Jeffrey
1: Epstein, yeah, you're yeah, one yeah. of those.
0: That's So this sounds story, like a but- real
1: bad <laughs> this was a this is one of those non, you know, a Jeffrey Epstein. You don't want to be in this condition if they're taking it down. <laughs>
0: Good. Yeah. And and by the way, we're not trying to paint a picture between uh, you know, kids getting <laughs> no, harmed no. in a DIY show. We're not trying to tax those <laughs> two together. But it's but we're this just, was bad. our point is is that All media is not good media, especially when it's bad, bad media. (laughs) So those are things you just want to be careful with. But, you know, it's not going well. Well, let's wrap this up, Caroline. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House.
1: Lover. Anywhere beyond the me Life is a love song Let's be lovers We're all over the radio